covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. More baseball talk for you even though we don't have any baseball going on. Uh, Before we go any further, we'll do the normal housekeeping items here at the top of the podcast. If you do want to get in contact with me, you can do so by finding me uh, on Twitter at MattPauleyOnAir, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And if you listen to the podcast via Apple Podcast and you can leave a ranking and review, that would be very helpful and fantastic. But if you don't listen on Apple Podcast and you're just perfectly fine listening to it, however you already listened to it, That's fine, too, and I'm glad you are able to listen to it. All right, we've got a fun one coming up this week. If you haven't been with us for the last couple weeks, here during this period of just no baseball, no sports being played, we've kind of pivoted on what this podcast is. It has basically just turned into a fun interview, fun conversation that I'm having every week. Two weeks ago, it was with uh, Brewers radio broadcaster Jeff Levering last week. It was with a former Brewers pitcher and uh, current Fox Sports Wisconsin analyst Jerry Augustine, who uh, I also work with on the Brewers Extra Innings postgame show on WTMJ. And uh, this week we're getting another former Brewers pitcher on the podcast, uh, but a guy who is still active, although no longer in the Brewers organization. Tim Dillard is going to join us coming up in uh, just a few moments. Have about a half-hour conversation with him. He's one of my favorite folks out there um, and uh, really enjoyed being able to talk to him. So you'll hear that conversation coming up uh, in just a moment or so. I want to get into the uh, the two different things that were floated out there this past week, reported on. And actually, I kind of had to laugh on one of them. Because if you listened to this podcast last week, I threw out the idea of just, just running – the Major League Baseball season in Arizona until you're able to get into home sites. And I didn't completely know that what that would look like. You would involve the the Cactus League ballparks. I don't know if it would just be the Phoenix area, if you would involve Tucson as well, or if that was going to be uh, stretching too far out, if you were going to use collegiate stadiums. Uh, again, I, I didn't have any of the details worked out, but I thought the idea of at least starting the season in Arizona made a lot of sense. Now, the reason it doesn't make sense is the heat. Uh, it, it would be very tough to go through a season where you're playing in that heat. And I don't know, uh, you know, the idea that's been thrown out there that there'd be a lot of doubleheaders this year and things like that. I don't think you could do that if you're playing games in Arizona. So uh, reportedly, that was one of the things that was thought about. Yeah, I think it was Monday. I think it was a day after this podcast came out last week. Uh, we heard that Major League Baseball was considering that. And the reason I would like the idea of playing just in Arizona as opposed to using spring training sites in both Arizona and Florida is right now Florida doesn't have the same level of safety that Arizona does when it comes to the coronavirus. Now, look, we've we've been watching this thing play out for the, the last, really, I mean, very much so the last month, but it was kind of a slow build even before that when we first started to learn about this thing. And I could be talking to you next week, and we could be talking about Florida has, you know, the the new cases are completely down to zero, but all of a sudden Arizona has uh, all of a sudden really grown, and it's growing exponentially in cases of coronavirus. And maybe we look at it completely different. But as it sits right now, the idea of going to Arizona made a little bit more sense than the idea of going to Arizona and Florida. That being said... Uh, USA Today reported uh, late in the week that there is a plan out there where 
they would get rid of the American League and the National League for this upcoming season, and they would place teams at their spring training complexes, and they would just run games in Arizona and Florida. And there would still be three divisions, so there would be three Grapefruit League divisions, the North, the South, and the East, and then there would also be three Cactus League divisions, the Northeast, the West, and the Northwest. Interestingly enough, I think... I think the Brewers would benefit from this in terms of who would be in their division. Their division isn't going to scare anybody. Uh, The Cactus League Northwest would include the Brewers along with the Padres. Padres and Brewers would probably be the class of the league because the other three teams are the Seattle Mariners, the Texas Rangers, and the Kansas City Royals. Not trying to take any shots at those teams, but they're not expected to be especially good. And we really, you know, the, the Padres with the talent they have should should be taking steps forward, but we said that about them this past season as well. You look at the other divisions, Cactus League West, it's got the Dodgers in there. They're going to be a good team in addition to uh, the Reds, White Sox, Indians, and Angels. Uh, Cactus League Northeast would be the Cubs, the Giants, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, and the A's. Diamondbacks should be all right this year. Cubs should be okay uh, this year. You look at the Grapefruit League North, you would have the Yankees and the Phillies in addition to the Blue Jays, Tigers, and Pirates. The Grapefruit League South would have the Atlanta Braves. They should be pretty good. In addition to the Twins, they'll be all right in the Red Sox, Rays, and Orioles. And then the Grapefruit League East would be uh, the Nationals and the Astros. In addition to the Mets, also the Cardinals and the Marlins. That might actually, the Grapefruit League East might be the toughest division on paper between Nationals, Astros, Cardinals, uh, a Mets team that could be okay, and a Marlins team that's not going to be good, but how bad they were last year. They've made some nice little moves. Mar- Marlins could still be a bad team and be the most improved team from last year to this upcoming season. So that that looked like that looks like the uh, stacked division of all of them. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we just we don't know. Uh, we got to get to May. That's that's kind of where it's at right now. We got to get to May. You know, the NBA has already said they're not going to make any decisions until May first. I got to think baseball is going to be pretty much in that same boat. Uh, get to May and reassess and look at where things are at. That being said, we're we're talking about sports on, on the radio or on a podcast. You know, we got to have things to talk about. So every time one of these proposals uh, gets floated out there, it's good to be able to at least uh, discuss some of it. And those were the things that were uh, discussed this week. All right, so with that, let's get to uh, this week's uh, featured interview. He's a guy who was a long-time member of the Milwaukee Brewers going into his second year in the Texas Rangers organization. That being said, he is still absolutely a fan favorite for uh, Brewers fans, and uh, he remains, he keeps a very strong connection, I think, to uh, the Milwaukee Brewers as well. Very happy to welcome on to the podcast former Brewers pitcher uh, Tim Dillard. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, by the way. He's uh, He is a great follow, I assume, and maybe I shouldn't assume. I assume that anybody who's listening to this podcast is uh, familiar with Tim and familiar with the uh, different things that he does in terms of uh, social media videos. Uh, you know, TikTok has been the latest thing here recently. He's been doing TikTok-like videos for a lot longer than TikTok has existed. Uh, he is Tim Dillard. Follow him on Twitter at Dim Tiller, D-I-M-T-I-L-L-A-R-D. Hey, Tim, thanks for taking some time on this Easter weekend. Really appreciate you uh you, you coming on the podcast how are you i'm good i'm good man man i, I feel like a traitor i don't know if I'm, am i allowed to talk to brewers podcast 
I, you, you are, only because of the uh, coronavirus. Uh, if we did not have the coronavirus, oh, yeah, you would yeah. not be allowed on. How about that? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> no, I kid. Uh, so what's this period like for you, right? Everything just stops in your home. Tell me about what the average day for Tim Dillard looks like right now. This is it, man. This is it. You texted me two minutes ago and asked if I wanted to be on a podcast, and I said, yeah, let's do it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's pretty, uh, you know, it, it kind of feels like the off season a little bit, you know, everything's kind of slow and, and I like to stay home anyway. in the off season, when you're traveling for, you know, seven, eight months out of the year, when I get home, I really don't feel like going anywhere. Um, so that's kind of what it feels like to me. I know the kids are over it. The wife's over it, you know, but for me, it's pretty much, I don't know. It seems normal. You are a baseball lifer, and you're from a baseball family. Your your, your dad's a, a baseball guy. E- even though it kind of feels like the off season, is there also a part of you that's going? It's April 10th, and I'm home. What's going on? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I feel fine until I look at the calendar, and I'm like, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Uh, yeah, I so I was in Arizona. I was in Surprise with the Rangers. Uh, pitched in a backfield game, and. You know, 24 hours later, I was on a flight back home, and it, it, it was just strange. I've never even been to my house at this time. I'm usually in Arizona. <laughs> so, I, you know, seeing the leaves, you know, come on the trees and, you know, have to deal with, like, mulch in my yard. I'm sure my wife was happy I could help out with that. But, you know, it's just kind of a strange, you know, purgatory hiatus that we're kind of sitting in baseball-wise. Uh, it's just kind of unprecedented. So, yeah, I just try not to look at the calendar depressing take me through that period in arizona where you mentioned you were pitching 24 hours before you were on a plane and you know the nba is canceling all this college basketball stuff is going away baseball hasn't made a decision and then all of a sudden there's rumblings that something might happen what's going through your mind where it seems like every minute there's a new bit of information out there yeah i was like you could start to see it kind of getting more and more serious and so i just stopped looking at the news (laughs) <laughs> I was like, well, maybe, maybe the baseball life, you know, kind of squeaked through here. Um, but no, we were sitting around and got, you know, caught wind of it. Didn't really know what that meant. Uh, then the Rangers said they were going to shut down the complex for a few days and sanitize everything. I know the Pirates had done that. And a couple other teams had done that. And so it was, seemed like it was like, okay, but, but then everything resumes, right? You know, and we had that meeting in the morning and then later that night, we had another meeting and they said, okay, basically what they're going to do is they're going to start shutting things down. So if you guys want to go home, you have that option. And so I was, I was on the first flight out because I just didn't know what to expect. And uh, I asked if I could get my stuff out of the clubhouse and they were like, well, (laughs) like, you know, we don't really want anybody, you know, having to go back in there. So, you know, before they clean. So I left my stuff, my glove, my spikes, everything. And, and I've been home now for, I think right around three weeks. So what can you do at home? I mean, gyms are closed. I don't know what you have at your home in terms of throwing, staying shape. What what in the world are you doing? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm doing podcast interviews. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, I, I've, I've actually thrown to live hitters uh, a couple weeks ago before Nashville was put on, like, the stay-at-home no matter what list or whatever it's on. And, um, you know, I, I threw, like, I don't know, I probably faced 15 hitters, you know, probably a week and a half ago or so. Um, and been playing catch with, with, uh, my wife, my oldest son, <laughs> but when I really got to let it loose, I got a tarp in my garage. And so 
just to make sure I don't bother the, the neighbors, I close the garage door and I just, you know, throw baseballs into this tarp. So, um, I mean, as far as baseball shape, I, I dominated, I dominated in my garage three innings yesterday. So, you know, I'm ready. You know, if, if there's a time for baseball, I'm going to be ready. That, that tarp doesn't challenge you too much? No, no, it never gives me dirty looks. <laughs> Every pitch is a strike. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, I, but in, in all seriousness, you, you know what it takes to ramp up, to get ready for a season and, and what is, well, there's so much talk about it. There was another proposal today about what it might look like when, when baseball might return. How much ramp up period do you feel like there would have to be before baseball could be played again? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think as soon as possible is, is best and just like worldwide, like just started as soon as possible but then there's also you got million dollar guys that they don't want to rush you know if you're paying a guy 20 million dollars to be your starter you know and he's only built up for two to three innings you know you're not going to just shove him out there and say all right throw five you know throw seven innings uh so i I, you know there could be a week or two or three that they need to you know kind of ease everyone back into it but i don't know i think i think there's grown men that play this game that are staying in shape i don't think it'd take much time i think a week at the most, maybe two, and then it's it's play ball. I'm not trying to be a downer here. I, I'm really not. You've you've been at AAA for a few years. Are you are you concerned at this point about what and if minor league baseball could even exist? Yeah, I mean, just just every couple of minutes throughout the day of every day. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, and and I know. It's concerning across the board. Uh, I don't know what it means moving forward. I know, you know, but but everyone's dealing with the same thing. Yeah. You know, no one's getting out of this unscathed. If you look at the college level, I mean, the high school level, I mean, even my son is just searching for competition, right? He's supposed to be playing Little League right now, and he's, he's like, race you to the top of the stairs. I'm like, well, whatever. You know, you can have this one. You know, we're all craving that competition, and um, it's hard to kind of sit around and just not – have that especially when you're used to it um moving forward as far as career man i don't know i don't know i'm just like everybody else just sitting here kind of waiting to see um but if it's someone needs me to pitch man i'm gonna be ready how old's your son he's 11 how good of a baseball player is he uh, he's pretty good he's pretty good he's he's taken a liking to hitting uh this last fall he really started getting into it before that he didn't really care much for it which is strange i didn't that was the funnest part for me as a as a player, which is ironic since I'm a pitcher now and I don't ever hit. But he uh, he's really good at at uh, fielding. I mean, like just an absolute natural. Loves to get out in the yard, field ground balls. Uh, he's pretty good. Has that been one of the so? Like I know, for speaking for myself, I have a 13 month old daughter, and if the Brewer season was going on right now, I'd be seeing her a whole lot less than I'm seeing her right now. Like as much as I want baseball back, man, this has been awesome spending time with my daughter. Have you been able to enjoy that part of it? I mean, you're spending time with your family. I know you've spent some time at Nashville uh, in your in your career, but it's it's different because you're at the ballpark and you're traveling. How much just being able to be with your son and be outside and everything that's got to be great for you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, that, that's why it, it, you know, it's it's a it's a hard thing, but it makes it you know way easier knowing I got three kids, uh, I got my wife here, got my dog. I mean, we're just living our everyday lives the best we can in the situation that we have. If it was me being stranded, if I was stranded at a hotel in Arizona right now, 
um, I'd be probably losing my mind. And I know that there's some guys out there that are, you know, kind of stuck wherever they're at. Uh, but it's been easier for me. That's it. it, it it's bearable. And, uh, and I'm actually having a great time, you know, hanging out, watching the kids paint Easter eggs. I've never really gotten to see that before. So, <laughs> you know, there, you try to look for the, the, you know, the little victories every day and not try to focus on, you know, what could happen and, and what is happening because uh, it's a hard time. There's a lot of people that are going through a really hard time right now. That's interesting you say that. So one of the proposals out there is basically like put everybody in Arizona and just put them in a bubble and your every aspect of your day is controlled. You're straight from the hotel to the ballpark and hey, it lasts however long it lasts. If you're not able to return to home cities, you, you can't return. Is that something you could ever sign up for where you would be completely cut off from family and just stuck basically between a hotel room and, 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 a, and a ballpark and a bus and whatever else for, for the better part of four months? I mean, I could if it meant I was in the big leagues or had a job in the minor leagues. <laughs> I'd run out the door and be like, bye, family, live good lives. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would totally have to go for it. For four months, I mean, I've been home a, a, a long time now and then the off season. So, I mean, it, it would be hard. But like you said, I'm a baseball life guy. I mean, there was times my dad was gone coaching for so many months and it's just kind of the lifestyle you sign up for. What people don't know is that there's a lot of baseball players that quit every year because it's just a hard life. Um, if they decided to do that where, you know, guys are off away from the family, I mean, I, there's probably a large majority that would say, okay, you know, like it's just a couple months, three, four months, whatever it may be. And a lot can change in those months. I, I think a lot of guys would go for it. And I, I don't know how they're trying to structure everything, but I mean, for me during the season, I basically sleep, get up, go to walk to the field, <laughs> stay in the clubhouse until, you know, practice and all that. Like, that's my routine anyway throughout the season. So I, I feel like I could do it. You've spent the vast majority of your career in the Brewers system, and you're with the Rangers now, but there is – uh, of all the former Brewers out there, you are you continue to be one of the most beloved former Brewers, and, and you're a fun guy. I think anybody who's listening to this conversation can hear that, and we'll get into the social media stuff in, in just a moment. But how much do you – maybe you can't even answer this question. Maybe I need to ask you this question in a few years uh, when, you're, when you call it quits. But how much do you enjoy and appreciate the relationship that you have with the, overall the Brewers uh, fan base? It's, it's amazing. I, I – Years ago when I was, I mean, I probably wasn't even in pro ball yet. Maybe, maybe in college still. I remember thinking, or maybe even said it out loud, how cool would it to be with the exact same organization your entire career? You know, you look at the Cal Ripkins and the Ryan Sandbergs, like those, those guys, they're rare. They don't happen very often. And I just, I remember thinking that's really appealing to me. What I forgot to do when I spoke that into the universe was say, I want to be in the big leagues with that organization. <laughs> so, but I mean, I had, I don't know what I had, 16 years with the Brewers. And before that, I was drafted twice by the Brewers. So the relationship I have goes back to, I don't know, maybe 2000, 2001-ish. It's probably the first time I met a Brewers scout. So you're looking at, you know, going on 20 years. And some of the people that are coaching in that organization and playing in that organization are still uh, great friends of mine. And so... I mean, I, it's, it's weird that I'm with the Rangers, but that's a part of life. It's a part of baseball. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to have had a career that, you know, was 10 years in the show, but everyone's path is unique and you make the most of where you're at. 
And I was lucky enough to be in a great organization like the Brewers because, as you can see, they what they do is they go out and they get good people. They get good coaching staff. They get good front office. They get good players. And just that's why they have such great team camaraderie because everyone's kind of pulled in the same direction. I've heard you tell this story before, but I think it's a fantastic story, so I'm going to ask you to tell it again because I think there's some life lessons in it. Can you tell the story of when, when you didn't have a job and you went to the winter meetings? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was uh, after the 2015 season, and uh, I think it was, yeah, the Brewers uh, were in Colorado Springs for their AAA, and finished up, did really well. My ERA didn't show it, but, I mean, you're pitching on the moon, so, but I had a lot of other good, really, you know, really good numbers as far as strikeouts, walks were down, and I couldn't find a job all off season. so in December, when the winter meetings came around, they were here in Nashville, and so it was about 45 minutes, 50 minutes away. And so I drove down there every day of the, of the winter meetings for, for three days straight. And I stood in the same spot the first day for seven hours. And then the next day, seven hours, I think the last day it was five hours I had to go. But what I did is I just stood there and anybody that had anything that they looked like they were important in an organization, I stopped them and asked them for a job. I'd explain to them a little bit about who I was. And I even printed out a business card in my, uh, you know, off my computer um, that said Tim Dillard, RHP, right-handed pitcher, and my phone number. Because I figured if I tried to give them my number, it'd be really hard for someone to pull out their phone and try to tap in, you know, a number. Or if I gave a piece of paper ripped off like a corner of a sheet of paper, then they would just, you know, gum would end up being in it. So I'd gain like just a nice little, you know, homemade business card so they felt obligated to not throw it away in front of me <laughs> and uh, I don't know out of those 20 hours or so I was standing there I uh, made a lot of good contacts you know told guys I, I wanted to let them know that I wanted to play baseball you know there's a lot of times guys will sit around and just wait you know they'll wait on their agent or they'll wait on this or wait on that and I'm just I, I can't afford to do that anymore I think you reach a certain age uh, you just can't wait around on that thing and so I just showed my ability to say, Hey, I'm, I asked for this job. You give me a job. I'll show you every day how much, uh, you know, I wanted, I want to be there, you know, and I can give you everything I have. I can, you know, that's what I do. I leave everything on the field. And anyway, everyone turned me down. And then the last about 30 minutes where I was walking out the door, I had to go, I had to take a kid somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, the brewers, Tom Flanagan stopped me. He saw me and he goes, Oh, thank goodness. You're still here. And I was just like, I've been here for 20 hours, man, like three days in a row. And uh, he said, hey, we, just something something just happened. Wanted to let you know that I'll put your name out there. There could be a chance we sign you back. And it was true. About a couple of weeks later, maybe, or next month, uh, they ended up signing me back, which is incredible. And if I hadn't have been, you know, out there showing my assertiveness, uh, I don't think it would have landed. But it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. But at the same time, um, it solidified a little bit of what I am as a player. You know, I go out there thinking that every single time I pitch, this could be the last time I pitch. And I think young guys haven't had that experience yet, and so they don't really know what they're capable of until they're in that mindset. And so that's kind of that's kind of how I roll every day now. Have you ever had a hurdle? You're a charismatic person. You do. You're known for so many other things. And sometimes we see people in sports. You know, whether it was like a, a Pat McAfee or a, 
oh, that Eagle football player did magic and was on America's Got Talent. I can't think of his name. Like, like eventually, the other stuff becomes more important, and they move on from sports. The other stuff has never become more important for you. You want to continue to play baseball as long as you can. Has that ever been a challenge to 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 prove that to people that yeah, you do all this other stuff and it's fun, but at the end of the day, you're a baseball player. Uh, I mean, you said that guy, you know, had magical talent. See, I don't really have a talent. You know, I wouldn't, I can't really put my finger on anything I'm really good at, except sometimes I'm good on the mound. Um, I think it's an over-encompassing, you know, encompassing uh, inability to just be idle. I just can't sit around and just not do anything. I've never been bored a day in my life, as far as I can remember. Um, I mean, even with all this downtime, I've got, you know, a dozen projects going in my head, on my computer, on my phone, in the yard. <laughs> um, I, I think that's attractive to, in certain areas. You know, I think you can also be painted as lazy if you're, you know, not doing anything. And so um, the people I come across, the people that are always willing to, you know, embrace new ideas and, and to, you know, try something different uh, is, is attractive. And so I, I really... I don't know. I like being around those type of people. And so hopefully, you know, after baseball, maybe something will land in that arena. How much have you enjoyed becoming one of the more veteran players, being able to work with young guys? Again, I know you want to have success, but there's also the, the, the pay it forward, be there available for young guys. That part of your, of who you are as a baseball player, have you been able to enjoy that? More, yeah, more so than I thought I was. You know, I didn't, I, I always kind of want to help people out. But at the same time, if you're, you know, if there's a guy that's the same age as me, it's really hard to be like, hey, here, listen to me. It's like, dude, you're the same age as me. You know, we have the same experience. What do you, what can you share? Um, but I, I came up and I learned a lot from a lot of guys, uh, you know, just limited time in the big leagues with like a CC Sabathia or Ben Sheets. Um, just kind of see how they went about their business, some of their game plans, some of the things that they focused on. And then uh, in the minor leagues, I had people like R.A. Dickey that would, you know, kind of take me under their wing and, and, and teach me. And I don't know, but just in a way, letting me get a glimpse of what they do every day and why they're successful. And so when you're, when you're 10 years older than a, a guy now, <laughs> uh, you, you know, the guys are like, well, number one, they know that I have a good time, but then they see me on the mound and they, you know, I feel like I'm about to rip somebody's head off or snap a bat in two because, you know, I'm passionate about what I'm doing. And they want to know how to, how you do that. And then some of the older guys that have kids or family or whatever, how do you juggle life inside this baseball life? Like, how do you do the family thing and baseball and, and make it work? And, you know, I, that's kind of a lot of the advice that I get. You know, it's more of the mental side of how to deal with everything. Um, and, and a lot of times you can't get that from a coach or, or maybe the young guys don't want to talk to a coach, you know, let them, let their guard down. Um, you know, because maybe the coach will be like, well, this guy has doubts or this guy's, you know, going through, you know, a difficult time. Um, sometimes you need that older guy, preferably an older bearded man <laughs> to, to just, to just confide in and maybe nothing, maybe I don't even have to say anything, but I've had guys just open up and, and talk to me. And sometimes I just need an ear, you know, an ear that's just not going to judge you. You know, I try to create a judge free zone so guys can be themselves and, and talk about what they want to talk about. And then if they ask for, you know, a little bit of help, I'll do what I can. And usually it comes in the form of like a story. 
I'll say, oh, well, one time I saw this guy do this, you know, this guy, this happened. And so it's not really me telling the story. It's, it's somebody else, probably somebody they've heard of <laughs> to kind of help get the point across. But I don't know. I think guys uh, were vital in my career of getting, you know, getting through hard times and even through good times, you know, I think you need that veteran presence. And so I'm just glad I'm still around. And yeah, I love, I love helping out the younger generation. I first came upon your dad when he was working in the Midwest league, he was working for the Cardinals at quad cities. And I was a broadcaster in the league. Um, How much your dad being a baseball guy, how much does he still to this day, maybe impact what you're doing on an everyday basis? Uh, what's scary is how much, how much that he went through decades ago um, mirror some of the things that I've I've gone through in my career. Uh, I mean, for example, you know, with this whole virus thing going on and everyone kind of being, you know, baseball on hold. He went through a couple of strikes, and you know, he was telling stories about how you got to stay in shape. He said one year in seventy something, he's with the Red Sox. He said there was a strike going on, so none of, the, none of the coaches could come to the field. So players kind of ran practice. He said, Pudge, he said, uh, Carlton Fisk would throw batting practice, and they would all hit. And then afterwards, for conditioning, they'd play pickup games of basketball. Hmm. He said one time he even elbowed Peter Gammons in the eye. So <laughs> <laughs> you're hearing the stories, and you're just like, Dad, I've known you my whole life, man. Why are you just telling this story now? And What's, what's great is that I do have this resource that when something comes up, he can sit there and say, you know, maybe it's not the exact same thing, but he, he's relating going, hey, I, I understand what you're going through. You know, this is how guys got through it. This is what, who I saw do it well. Here's where it can go wrong. You know, and just kind of pointing out potholes like, hey, there could be a pothole there. Watch out. And I don't know. I've been blessed to have a, have a dad like that. Yeah, it's really cool, and it's it's fun to see kind of from the outside the way that's uh, the way that's worked. Uh, you got forty eight thousand Twitter followers. You do a lot of fun videos. I ha- take me through how that got started, and just as you continue to do things, uh, what kind of motivates you, and how much you enjoy everything you do in terms of these uh, wacky videos. Oof, I don't know. I. I, they started in the clubhouse in 2015. We just make these 10 second videos and uh, it kind of spawned from there. Now I'm making a minute long video, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I just, I played cards in the clubhouse for like 10 years. You know, we'd play uh, board games and dominoes and cribbage. And you, you know, you just, you find ways to pass the time because you do have downtime and it just kind of morphed, you know, I used to make videos with my brothers when we were kids with the big, you know, you know, the, uh, like, you know, the big giant camera that had the VHS tapes and then it would be tethered to the, you know, VCR and you could see yourself on the TV. That's what we did. We made videos and of like commercials and songs and things like that. And we gave these tapes to my grandparents for Christmas, you know, so that was kind of our gift. And I don't know, now that you have a phone and all these capabilities, to me, the sky's the limit. You know, and, and it, I didn't have to tether it to a, a TV or a VCR. I can just walk around with it and have fun. And so instead of doing the whole cards and sit down and play, it's just another way of building that relationship with your teammates. You know, you come together, you you put together a skit. It almost, almost works out like a play. Like, okay, when you step this way, I'm going to say my line here, and then I'm going to turn right here. And so there's directing going on. you got a guy holding a camera. There's guys in the background laughing. 
And then people start to add on, hey, you guys should do this. And it's like, oh, great. Then it becomes a collaborative effort. Everyone comes together. We make this, you know, 30-second little video that means nothing. Um, but what you don't get to see is how much fun, uh, you know, we, we have in making it and how much fun we enjoy just watching and, and other people seeing what we're doing. And because it's real. Like, we enjoy what we're doing. Baseball's fun. And I always like I always wanted to be in the clubhouse. And so I want to show other kids, you know, that are in high school or college or whatever, you want to be in a clubhouse. A clubhouse is fun. It's special. You can't do it forever. And here, here's what it looks like. And I don't know. To me, I, that's what I always wanted. So maybe there's a kid out there going, wow, maybe I can get the clubhouse and have some fun too. All right. Two days ago, you said you were two episodes through Tiger King. Where are you at right now? <laughs> oh, we finished it. We finished it. That is the I, I, the whole time. I wish I would have been mic'd up. That's what I should have been. I should have been mic'd up. That show, I, I can't even, I don't want to believe it. I don't want to think that something is, I don't want to think any of that's true. I just like, this doesn't exist. This isn't real, but I guess it is. It's crazy. But that's what, that was my line. I said probably every 10 minutes, this can't be real. <laughs> did uh, did Carol Baskin oh, kill her husband? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they can make a documentary look like anything. You know, at the beginning, you're like, oh, this guy. And at the end, you're like, oh, this guy. And oh, this girl. Oh, that. They can make it look however they want. Um, you know, they, they edit all the expressions and stuff like that in the dialogue. But I guarantee you it's made to look like she did. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll finish you off with this. It's Easter Sunday coming up. I know you are a, a person of faith. Are, you, are, are churches open where you're at? What is Easter Sunday going to look like for the Dillard family in this very weird time we're living in? Oof. Um, it's going to, we're going to, we're going to be at our house. Uh, I don't think churches are meeting anywhere. We're, our, our pastor is uh, doing a series online with, I don't know, Facebook or whatever we use, but well, there's going to be like a little Easter parade through the neighborhood. I think cars are just going to, you know, pull a, pull a, someone dressed up in a costume down the street. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. That's about it. I don't, I think we don't really focus too much on the, on the where when we celebrate uh, different different things. What we just want to impose on our kids is is uh, why we're doing it. You know who Jesus was, and to us that's that's all that's important. And I don't know. It, it's every year it's fun because I don't know where I'm going to be. I've had Easter all over the Pacific Coast League. <laughs> I've been, you know, I've played all you know everywhere. And so when I get to be at home with my family and actually get to see them throughout the day, it's it's special. Well, Tim, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, taking the time, and uh, I think I speak for everybody who who follows the Brewers, around the Brewers, been around you. We we wish the best for you, and I'm sure our paths will cross again uh, very, very soon. But thank you for taking the time. I hope you are on a mound sooner than later. Yeah, I hope I'm on a mound too. Hey, I saw the divisions. If they do do the grapefruit cactus yeah. league idea, the Brewers could be playing the Rangers. So, I, I mean, that could be the craziest thing ever. It, what what do you think of those divisions? Like the, just <laughs> it's it's weird, isn't it? I don't know. I, I it's one of those things where if they can just have any type of baseball, like just find a way to make it work. I mean, there's going to be a huge asterisk on this season, regardless, right? Yeah. But what you don't want to do is you want to cock some of these players uh, a full season of a chance to do something great. You know, you 
there's guys that are on pace to do some pretty amazing things. Like, let's get after it. And Arizona's not the greatest place to pitch. And I'm still saying, hey, let's go play baseball. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the milestone. I mean, uh, Verlander's win total, some of Pulhos's stuff. I mean, there's a lot of guys who have career milestones that could really be impacted by not playing baseball this year. Yeah, I, I think in baseball, if you take away the actual, you know, the severity of the virus, if you're just looking at it objectively and just saying baseball, uh, time is the enemy. You know, time's trying to get you out of a uniform. And what that what this is doing is just prolonging that. I mean, or not prolonging it, the other way. I mean, you know what the other word for prolong? <laughs> but that's what it is. It's taking it away of, of guys that have a chance to do something amazing. And I don't know. I think, I think the country needs it. I think whatever they got to do to get baseball in the field so people can watch it, I, it would be a win. Yeah. So I hope they're doing their homework and trying to do the best they can, which I, I'm sure they are. I think the transparency between Major League Baseball and the teams and even the media has been pretty straightforward. So I applaud that. I like transparency. And uh, the Rangers are very transparent with me. I get calls all the time from coaches and strength people and trainers and just having that dialogue of going on saying, hey, don't get too complacent where you're at. Don't get too comfortable to think it'd be, you know, we could be ramping this up in a couple of weeks. You know, make sure you're ready. Hmm. So That's interesting. I don't know. I think we're going to see baseball this year. I, I agree, and I hope both of us are right. Hey, Tim, thank you so much for the time. This was awesome. Yep, appreciate it, Matt. See you soon. Tim Diller joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. That was a fun conversation. I could have, there are a lot of other things that I could have gotten into with him that uh, we didn't get to. I always feel like I'm asking a lot of people in terms of uh, asking for their time. So once that conversation gets past about uh, 20, 25 minutes, it uh, feels like I am uh, asking a lot of them. But I I really appreciate Tim, and uh, it was great to have him on. I'm sure if I would have kept asking questions, he would have kept answering them. But a great guy. And I just just got to think when he's when he's done playing and you don't get the sense that he wants to be done playing anytime soon but when he's done playing you certainly would not be shocked if he ends up connected uh, to the brewers once again in some form or fashion do want to remind you about the Brewers Classics games that are uh, continuing to run on WTMJ every Wednesday night. Uh, this has been uh, fun, what we have uh, done so far. Uh, this past week, we ran the uh, NLDS Game 5 against Arizona from uh, 2011. We've also had the Game 163 from, uh, from two years ago in 2018. Well, this week, we are going to have from 2008 final game of the regular season, Game 162 against the Cubs uh, when the Brewers got to the postseason for the first time in 26 years. Great pitching by CC Sabathia. A huge home run by Ryan Braun in the uh, eighth inning, and you're going to be able to relive that broadcast coming up on Wednesday night, and uh, that's going to be on WTMJ. Coverage will begin at 6 o'clock. You can listen on WTMJ.com as long as you are in the WTMJ listening area. Even on classic games and archive games, going to open up the curtain a little bit for you. Even on archived games and classic games like this, there are still like Major League Baseball blackout policies that remain uh, in existence. So, uh, unfortunately, if you are not in the uh, WTMJ listening area, you cannot listen online. That is, we have no control at WTMJ about that. That is a Major League Baseball thing. But for those of you who are in uh, the WTMJ listening area, you'll be able to listen online, of course, uh, over the air at 6:20 a.m. All right, my thanks to uh, Tim Dillard. 
for uh, joining us. That was a lot of fun. I don't know who I'm going to have on next week. Hopefully uh, another conversation that you'll be able to uh, enjoy. This has been fun for me these last few weeks when we've uh, just kind of done more in-depth conversations. And uh, who knows, maybe maybe every once in a while in the future, instead of the conventional podcast, we'll throw one of these uh, type things in here because I've really uh, enjoyed doing these here over the last uh, few weeks. One of the few silver linings of everything that's going on here at the moment. Anyways, uh, my appreciation to Tim Dillard for joining us. My appreciation to you for uh, being tuned in. Uh, This is publishing on uh, Easter Sunday, so if you celebrate, a happy Easter to you, and I hope you are all staying safe. Look forward to talking to you again next week on another edition of Brewers Externings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.